and his wife? No, I said that you said that his wife was beautiful. That's all I said. That's all I said. When you said that shit to him, that's implying that I'm fucking her. Well, just tell him that you're not. But I am. You're I'm covering that ass. I've been comfortable with that ass for a while now. What is, is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why are you fooling around with married women? Ass, ass, Larry. Ass is not ass. Ass is fucking ass, Larry. No, it's not. That's what the fuck I do, Larry. Well, you don't have to tap every ass. Do you? Do you have to tap every ass? Well, what the fuck are we gonna do right now? What do you mean, we? Arthur's gonna fuck somebody up. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not tapping anybody. You're tapping. I'm not tapping. You are combined in the shit now with me, goddamn. We are Lego. We are a fucking Lego set right now. We are fucking interlocked together. We fucked her. Get away from me. Get out. Larry, fix this shit, Larry. Fix it. I'm not fixing at you live from the Duray Dungeon. I'm your host, that boy Coop, back with another regular-ass episode of the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. This episode is brought to you by Ash Your Ankles and Smell Your Ringbacks. Subscribe to the Rats Intelligence anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Follow on the Rod and Karen Doctor. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash datboycoop. That's Anchor. Dot fm slash that boy cool what's up niggas i'm back it's a new week mm, we on time now niggas mm, back on schedule <laughs> schedule so um <clears throat> i hate i gotta start out with this shit but i gotta talk about iCarly. y'all like why why, why iCarly? you of all niggas why iCarly? i'll tell you i'll tell you racism that sism <laughs> Shout out to Firestarter. <laughs> Shout out to Hot Firestarter. That sizzle. So, um, I gotta say it, man. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I Carly Revival Star defends, or uh, I Carly Revival Star. I Carly Revival defends new star Lacey Mosley from racist attacks. That's right. That's right. I Carly, everybody. I Carly. Right, Miranda Cosgrove and the official iCarly Revival account have shared a message condemning racism in the fandom on Sunday after a new star, Lacey Mosley, was made aware of hurtful TikToks directed at her. iCarly are proud to be racially diverse, not only in our crew but in our cast. The statement reads We have recently seen reports of racism towards a member of our iCarly cast, and it is not acceptable! Exclamation <laughs> point. Mosley of a black lady sketch show season two and host of the podcast Scam Goddess plays Harper in the new revival for Paramount Plus, which was just announced on May 14th. Fans noticed that several beloved characters like Jeanette McCurdy's Sam would not be returning alongside Cosgrove, Jerry Trainer, and Nathan Kress, prompting many to take it out on Mosley. There is more to this, by the way. Jeanette McCurdy. I'm going to talk about Jeanette McCurdy after I finish this. Because Jeanette McCurdy, yeah, it's the reason why she's not coming back. Um, (laughs) My sister telling me that she saw several videos about me on TikTok being racist as fuck broke my heart. Mosley tweeted early on Sunday, me and my sister are 13 years apart. She's like my child. And her having to see this shit broke my heart. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but you need to seek help. And I agree. Okay. Okay. Like I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know which one, which one, which one, which, which, which one do, (laughs) which one do now. I said, which go do about that there now. (laughs) Say, which go do about that there now. So 
Francesca Ramsey, the Francesca Ramsey, a writer for the revival, also tweeted, she's a writer? Oh, nigga. I'm fucking with this. Because honestly, in these childlike shows on like Nickelodeon and stuff, I was like, man, they need black writers. Like, like you can tell, you like, they need black writers. By the way, I was a fan of iCarly as a as 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 a younger adult. You're like, this is weird. I'm like, nigga, I had a younger sister just like Lacey did, right? Lacey has a sister who was 13 years her her junior. I had a sister who was almost 12 years my junior, and so I understand how that goes. Like, I was like, yo, I actually watched it with my sister, and we had fun watching it. Like Samantha Puckett, you know, you know, um, Carly, Sam, you know. I'm just a, you know, Fredward, <laughs> Fredward, um, yeah, like Gibby, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a funny show that I thought had good characters, and some of them developed over time. It was cool, like, but the fact that this is a show that now has a black writer, shit, <laughs> shit. So no one could replace Jeanette McCurdy, right? But this is what Francesca Ramsey said. <clears throat> she was disappointed at the response. Lacey's character Harper isn't replacing Sam, she wrote in a thread. No one could replace Jeanette McCurdy or her incredible talent, but it's both racist as hell and completely unfair to decide that Lacey hasn't earned her role, especially since the show isn't even out yet. It isn't even out yet. You could maybe expect this from Star Wars and Ghostbusters, but I, Carly, anti-blackness breeds in all corners of the internet. I'm going to thug it out. Y'all can't break me. Mosley bravely tweeted, <clears throat> I've been through too much, but fuck you weirdos. Being a black woman is so hard, but so lit. I'm going to go harder. You'll be mad forever. The new diverse iCarly premieres June 17th. Schedule your temper tantrum at your own convenience. <laughs> Shout out to Vulture for the article. But let, let's talk about this. Like, let's 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 quickly talk about this. So I'm gonna be real with y'all. I know some shit about Jeanette McCurdy. And she not ever coming back. Like if you ever wanted that you're not getting that if your kids ever wanted that they're not gonna get samantha back okay they're not gonna get samantha puckett back okay that's just not that's just not samantha puckett said fuck it okay like that's how we're rolling now so <clears throat> this is this is what happened with jeanette mccurdy so during iCarly, during salmon cat during a lot of these different events Jeanette McCurdy was suffering from bulimia. She was also a terrible alcoholic. And she had a terribly abusive mother who also died from cancer. <laughs> and she was like, she was so abusive to her that she said, man, once she died from cancer, I actually felt free. I was like, damn, that is terrible. <laughs> Like, she has a podcast. I forgot what the name of it was. Um, I'm going to look it up because I think y'all should check it out. And honestly, if you need some come to Jesus and you need to see some people talk about some shit that they went through and maybe relate to it, it's a really good podcast to really check out. And she's raw as fuck. Like, she don't care. She's going to say whatever she fucking says. Like, she don't give a fuck. Like, that's all on her mind. Like, she's like, I don't give a fuck. Give me everything tell me everything what did you do did you cut yourself like it, it's it's shit like that you know what i'm saying like it's hard shit like that bro i wanted to make sure i got the name right on it so the name of jeanette mccurdy's podcast is empty inside um and she always just it's raw she does what she wants it's a very open format and um she has all types of people up there man like you know i listen to two podcasts i listen to um one that she had with her makeup um artist or her stylist i believe and she went through a lot i was she was a black girl she went through a lot um i 
also went through the episode that she was talking about <clears throat> so she had someone on who also had a terrible like abusive mother um and they both had parallels there you know um yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy but it's raw and it's real and i'm like oh she had a lot of trauma like th this 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 brings back a lot of the trauma she had like it, it it's a lot like the sam and cat days even she was like probably in the worst of it there so she's a recovered alcoholic you know what i'm saying like that's that's the shit that like think about this she's like my age right and she already done been through alcoholism done got through the, the shit out of her system she's like i'm good to go my shit's good to go bro like there's a reason <laughs> anything that brings back like the worst time of your life you're not going back into that shit and if you are hell it's gonna take a lot it's gonna take a lot so honestly i understand why she's never coming back to that shit like who would at that point who would you know this shit, she's the most gangster ass person okay like I'm, I'm still like to this point i'm like harder than any fucking rapper that i know of until they give me some story that's like of that type of caliber but right now i don't i know a few niggas that are on that level like she upper echelon gangster right now anyway <laughs> so you know um them motherfuckers was fucking up you know calling out homegirl over our carly and speaking of fucking up bill gates out here fucking up <laughs> you know why he he been out here fucking up for quite some time i was like i'm waiting I was waiting for the for the damn TMZ article to come up. And guess what? We got an article from TMZ. Don't they come in clutch? Don't they come in clutch? All right, so um, <clears throat> straight from TMZ. Bill Gates allegedly pursued women at work and hooked up too. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like, during all this time, you, you, you're waiting for the reports to come up. You're waiting for shit like that. You wait for like Bill Gates did some shit. <laughs> Bill Gates was out here fucking bitches. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Bill Gates was having um, extramarital affairs. Let me be very, very proper and very, very uh, correct with that. Because uh, <laughs> y'all be like, he said fucking bitches. I can't believe this nigga. Y'all listen to him. No. So. <laughs> ah, shit. Mm. So Bill Gates wasn't afraid to shoot his shot among subordinates and even scored at least once during his marriage to now estranged wife Melinda. This per two news reports. <clears throat> the New York Times published the story Sunday alleging the Microsoft chief had on at least two occasions and possibly more asked a couple women, <laughs> a couple of women who technically worked for him out on dates so you know the technically is the one that binds all right so th there's that um but <clears throat> apparently um he wasn't all that pushy because ultimately they failed <laughs> like or gates failed in both attempts so there's that bill is described as once attending a presentation in 2006 held by a female microsoft employee who must have left quite an impression because it's alleged based on new york times sources familiar with the matter that he emailed her right after to ask her to dinner ain't that some shit oh billy <laughs> oh billy <laughs> he alleged he okay he allegedly followed up with this if this makes you uncomfortable pretend it never happened turns out the woman did exactly that ghosting him and never responding this is why the shit only come out to like now like it's, it's crazy at least there was like he was he was like very like cordially like well um i can ask you out on a date you know um but if you don't like that, uh, that's fine. And she was like, yep, yep. Keep your dick in your pants, Bill. Because uh, <laughs> the gates were open back then. Damn. The gates been open. And damn. <laughs> Just one gate. It ain't Melinda's. It was, it was Bill's gate. <laughs> but anyway, there's another alleged incident the time describes. Uh, the Times describes. In which Bill traveled to New York City with a woman who worked for the Bill 
and Melinda Gates Foundation, where the two of them attended a cocktail party. The woman claims Bill lowered his voice and said, I want to see you. Will you have dinner with me? Like, it's, it's like some creepy shit. But <clears throat> she says she laughed it off to avoid answering. Because <laughs> it's much better than like, hell no. Like, it, it's, it, it always works when you're dealing with men, especially ones who don't take rejection very well. Um... <clears throat> The Times, citing current slash former Gates employees, goes on to describe general clumsy approaches towards women at work over time. At times, making people a little uncomfortable, but noting he never seemed predatory with his advances or abused his power. On the flip side, Wall Street Journal has its own report claiming Bill was essentially forced to step down from Microsoft's board in recent years because of extramarital relationships that came to light with a former engineer. Uh, oh, it's a former Microsoft engineer. Yeah, she ain't gonna leave. <laughs> she ain't gonna leave. Um, who claimed to have hooked up with Bill for years. Oh, that would, that would, oh, they dilly it. Okay, so a spokeswoman for Bill downplayed the Times report, but didn't appear to outright deny the advances. She did, however, Cop to Bill having an affair 20 years ago, which she says ended amicably, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and played no role in his decision to step down from Microsoft's board. I be damned. <laughs> I be damned. Well, <laughs> I, I have to ponder really quickly. Hold up. <laughs> the absolute and utter assholery that came from <laughs> that's what bill gates said he said i leave the pussy microsoft like when this <laughs> it was such an easy target he had it coming <laughs> lord have mercy <laughs> Oh my god. You know what? Fuck this shit. You know what? Fuck this shit. <laughs> oh my god, nigga. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Because it's going to get kind of real here. And niggas is not going to like before what I'm about to say. But I'm about to go the fuck in. So. Uh, I came across a really good article by in club magazine and it is entitled kevin yes i said kevin kevin samuels and the problem with relationship expert pimps which is a great great definition for what he is this article is about six months old but it still rings true to this very day um I'm going to read it because I don't really need to say anything. I may say some stuff afterwards, but this is how I feel about this nigga. I know by now everyone has seen the viral video of Kevin Samuel's relationship coach giving crass advice to a young woman. It has been shared many times on social media and got hot on Worldstar. That's, that's already a problem. Kevin brutally mistreated the young woman who called in on the show seeking in his, his advice. He attacked her looks, her business, and her dating choices. Sigh. I bided my time deciding whether or not to address this video and to address Kevin Samuels' platform and his work. But today is the day that someone needs to address this man. There is something that needs to be said about a business owner or an entrepreneur who stands on the backs of people who are naive and socially conditioned to take abuse and mistreatment disguised as quote unquote help and quote unquote advice. There's also something insidious about someone who does this for profit and exposure. Many people claim that Kevin Samuels tells the truth but honey, even the devil knows scripture. 
I have known about Kevin Samuels for a long time and his misogynistic overtones and comments spewing from his tattered hairline are dated and defective. Kevin Samuels opinions are not facts. His expertise in the relationship field and his growing platform were easy to accomplish. We need to thank Steve Harvey and Derek Jackson for teaching the quote unquote brothers on how to get rich and stay rich by playing off many black women's insecurities in the dating world. Thank you, Steve. In Kevin's manner, he is also paying off the insecurities of black men as well. Well played, Kevin. Well played. <laughs> oh, these gurus like Samuels and others tell black women that their standards in dating are too high. But research tells us differently. Still to this day, black women are known for being the primary breadwinners of their households. 70%, 70%, that is an overwhelming amount. 50%, I'm like, all right, you know, that's, you know, one out of two, you know, sometimes, you know, make a little more bread than you, you know. But um, that means niggas is not making enough money. <laughs> I'm just being real, bro. I'm just, I'm just gonna be real. Even while married with children, okay, Kevin, are those black women who are breadwinners in their household, are they too average looking at best? Should they not want a man who earns equal to them or higher? Contrary to popular belief, black women are also known for dating down more than any race of women and being the most loyal to black male counterparts in the love department dating down for black women is not good for them in nor it is good for the community but like kevin says nobody wants a single baby mama and a woman who is past their prime 28 years old 28 years old is past their prime nigga look at you how old are you kevin but anyway, anyway, isn't that why a lot of men are still mad at Ciara? We choose better, but we shouldn't aim too high because, you know, the goalpost keeps moving. Here is something else to tell Kevin. Educated, high-earning black women are more likely to be partnered with non-educated, low-earning low -earning black men. Yet the myth that the black woman doesn't give the quote-unquote average brother a chance still permeates in these men's books, in songs, lyrics, Tyler Perry homemade movies, and the in fixing my 50-50 man dinner's play, <laughs> dinner play. Bro, like, this is so well, mwah, mwah. this is some good shit. <laughs> this, this, whoever writing this article... You fucking it up, okay? I, I bet there's a black woman that, that knows what the fuck time it is, okay? Th this black woman know what the fuck time it is, bro. Don't you know black women's standards are too high? <laughs> really? This nigga believes this. Anyway, the good news is all the books and videos that these men have written have healed black women and set them free. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> but yet, black women are still running to these men asking for dating advice? These men aren't therapists. They are men who saw an opportunity to get money off of the backs of black women and their fears of being alone. Why does this work? Because men like Kevin Samuels inherently believe that the black women's quote unquote bad luck comes from having too high standards, although Study after study proves otherwise. Black women also believe that black women's standards are too high. Just look at this comment section of the black women who also agree with his sentiments, despite what researchers say. Like, why should anyone lower their standards for another nigga? You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in my relationship, I did not lower my standards. I did not. I kept my search for like, mm, nope. You know what happened when I lowered my standards? I got worse results. And this is me dating women. So I was like, all right, 
No, I need somebody on my level. And that goes for everyone. It doesn't matter what sexual orientation you have. It doesn't matter how your relationship or who you're seeking goes out. Find someone like you. That is how relationships work. But I'm not going to be a person that tells you what to do because I'm not no relationship expert. I'm just telling you, don't follow no nigga that's trying to make money off of you because he don't he don't give a fuck about you. Never mind that showing black women how to get a man is the easiest come up for any content creator, male or female. Why does it continue to work and guarantee these types of men success? I can't hate on Kevin if people agree with him and are not willing to separate facts from fiction because honestly, he is nothing but fiction. I can say maybe some of the stuff that Kevin says could be right, but I, what I can say is his disrespect and disregard for both his male and female counterparts slash clients is worse than what white companies are racially insensitive with their marketing campaigns. Honestly. Although I have my thoughts for the Steves and Derricks of the world, you will not catch them disrespecting or degrading their target audience like Kevin. But here's the thing. I feel like they're like uh, playing to uh, <laughs> a certain intelligence level here. Like <laughs> playing off certain people's, you know, with, with, with their na- naivete. I won't say intelligence. I'll say their naivete. But um, yeah, yeah. You will not catch them disrespecting or degrading their target audience like Kevin. Kevin Samuels is bold in what he has more than anything is the audacity to talk to anybody like they are nothing and seeks his help and these people will seek his help and counsel he is running off a god complex because he has struck the black woman's pain point gold many of his supporters believe he keeps it real but why does keeping it real really mean abusive And why did so many people share that video that keeps stereotypes about both black men and women alive and kicking? I'll leave you all to think about that. Whoever wrote this, God. Apparently her name is Denaye. Ah, I'm a wisecracking Southern woman. Any questions, just ask. You can find me in the gym trying new foods and navigating this thing called life. Denaye, props. Fucking props. This this is a great article i truly feel like fuck that nigga like (laughs) like to to the umpteenth degree and let's not even get started on that little allegations he had which that's that's his business but it would explain why it sounds like he hates women (laughs) like it sounds like he hates women he sounds like a nigga that hates women apparently there are some apparently there's some allegations about his sexuality i'm not necessarily going to go into that but it could explain kind of how he acts towards women i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speculate about it but (sighs) yeah it's just y'all can't believe everything a nigga says just because he has the audacity to go at somebody and attack them straight to their face like this nigga's just rude. And, and is he just fucking mean and abusive to me? Like, it sounds like if he got in a relationship with somebody, they would be abused verbally and maybe even physically. Because I see this nigga as somebody who is abusive. I don't see him as somebody who is helpful in any type of way. And by the way, I think all relationship gurus, to a certain extent, are Derek Jackson. <laughs> the nigga got caught. <laughs> He, he, he literally on the camera saying, hey, yeah, yeah. So I put like 10 million bitches while I was with her. <laughs> like, that's, that's literally how it sounds. Like, yeah, I was out here slanging my dick. <laughs> you know, nigga sound like he was out here fat whacking on the bad whacking. You feel me? Like, honestly, I can't really um, give you anything else. You know, um, all I can say is don't be taking everything he says is real or fact because everything that spews from that terrible mouth of his is fiction and it's a front and he's making money off of you and honestly if you listen to him you might be worse off honestly (laughs) don't 
read these books. Don't do that. Know what's right for you. Cause it's 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 for you. I can't tell you who 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 who's who you should be with, what type of person you should be with. Whatever works for you, works for you. And that's it. That's all I gotta say. Let's take a quick break because goodness gracious, I almost went 30 minutes ranting on this nigga. <laughs> Trying to blow this nigga head off. Good God. Whew. All right. I'll be back. Screw your wig on tight. I've got a brand new record. I'd like you to listen to me. We're back, Nichols. So, um, before I even get into this next article, which I'm going to say is dark. Okay, this some dark shit. Um, I ju- I'm just gonna tell y'all, niggas, off rip. You know, um, this has been a long episode, but um, I'm gonna have an entire other episode about one individual that has been killing, <laughs> killing niggas, going postal on niggas. Because of um, a certain comment made on another podcast. Um, and there's so much content alone just from like this particular situation. He going to sports casters, he going to people in the industry of sports, entirely basketball, everything. This nigga is a lot. And he deserves his own episode because it's a deeper, it's a deeper uh hurt a deeper explanation a deeper reasons as to why this man is going posted on all them niggas so <laughs> being real like he has seen some shit okay some of the shit he's saying i'm like yo this kind of real and then the other shit i'm like all right nigga pump your brakes you wild <laughs> you fucking wild sometimes you just don't say shit because you're like i mean nigga damn you know um so be looking out for a bonus episode before you know before this episode drops you will probably see a bonus episode if you haven't checked that out yet please do please do this is this is gonna be funny so um snoop dogg's daughter opens up about suicidal thoughts self-esteem this is going to be dark um rapper snoop dogg's daughter corey broadus is opening up about her, men- her, her mental health struggles um Broadus has received overwhelming support after she opened up recently via social media about suicidal ideation and being impacted by colorism. <clears throat> the last few weeks, my mental has not been so great at one point, and I tried to end my life, but you and my family really gave me a purpose to live and help me realize life is much more than materialistic things. And you gotta just keep pushing through the bullshit. Thank you. Hashtag mental health awareness wrote the young artist alongside a series of photos reported by hot new hip-hop um in 36 minutes like in, in 36 minutes of a video um Broadus goes on to say she struggled to love her skin due to criticism from others cubas the colorism she admits she even considered taking her own life People just always talk about me. You're fat, you're ugly, you're dark, you're this, you're that. And I used to cry. At 13, I was ready to die, she confesses. Just so sad crying to my mom like, I'm so ugly. Why did you have me? Why do I look like this? Why don't I look like my brothers? Broadus reminded her viewers that having a famous father does not exclude her from pain. Snoop whose real name is Calvin Cordozar Broadus Jr. has three children with his wife Shante Broadus. It was just so many YYYs. Just because you have money and just because you're able to do certain things that other people can't do, that doesn't mean you don't have a heart, a mind, a soul. I go through it just like everybody else. It don't matter because my dad is rich. I drive a Toyota Corolla and I am content. 
My dad bought me that car and I'm not gonna lie. At first I was like, hmm, a Toyota Corolla? You just learn to appreciate stuff because at the end of the day, this stuff don't matter. Broadus is not alone. According to a study by Guilford Journals, there is a link between social media, primarily depression, well-being, and loneliness. Social media users rush to the platform to applaud Broadus, who goes by Princess Broadus on the platform for her vulnerability and willingness to share. So, man, the reason why I chose this article and chose to talk about Corey Broadus is because Corey Broadus is something that I've seen um, personally because uh, colorism and I, I'm i not necessarily um, darker complected like that but my mother is and my dad is like the to- like the polar opposite you know he's like light light bright <laughs> light bright ass nigga I'm just playing I'm just playing no <laughs> they used to say light bright and daddy was like <laughs> y'all funny that ain't shit ain't funny but <laughs> but let's just say let's just say my mom is darker, my dad is lighter. And um I as a child witnessing interactions with certain people um saw a huge disparity between how people would treat my mom and how people would treat my daddy. So my mom and my daddy vast differences and not only because there are men and is, is a man and a woman but you know one is a six foot two tall man who's light-skinned and my mama is a five foot one and a half five foot two you know height black woman who is of darker complexion so people just completely treat everybody different because the colorism i'm just being real this this was a story about colorism because a lot of people still who of are of our own race hold certain values on people due to their color. And that is self-hating racism to me. Not only is colorism self-hating racism that was indoctrinated by the white man, but you know, um it it's 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 truly something that's ingrained so deep as an as an evil in black culture, unfortunately. Um, you know, it goes all the way back to slavery, but it's, it's something that I, I, I just, as a child, I honestly did not understand. I didn't get why people would treat people so differently because of their skin, especially your own people. And so you're like, why the fuck people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why the fuck y'all treating her like this? Like she just... She's just out here living. She's a human just like you. She black just like you. You know, she's sweet. She loving. She kind. I'm, I don't give a fuck. Like, what the fuck, what the fuck we doing? By the way, she is plus size and darker, right? Like, and ain't gonna lie. That's my type, y'all. That's that's my type. So, hey, and, you know, um, yeah. That's, that's my type, and I don't... I, that's that's what I'm, you know, attracted to. So I'm just sitting here, like, still, like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas, man? Y'all need to straighten up and fly right and figure out, like, who hurt you? Because y'all picked on this girl when she was a kid, and now she's dealing with the after effects of her receiving abuse from other kids kids ain't shit by the way they want to talk shit about you just for living like just for living you like oh you alive because hey i used to be a chunky nigga i used to be a really chunky nigga and they used to pick on me because i was chunky as fuck i was a big nigga it was like fat 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 you know what i'm saying like that shit hey you know and so you know you have Corey brought us thinking that you know that she's not good enough that she's not attractive that she's not you know enough this or you know that she has to go for material things you know to 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 have wealth and and that is not that is not the right way to go but y'all fucked up y'all made her think that this is what she needed to be you know and you know feeling the pressure from the outside you know 
that led to her wanting to take an attempt on her life. This is why you should never pick on anybody. This is why you should never bully people. You, bullying kids, this is what happens. This is the after effects of bullying kids. Because there's this trauma. There's this, you know, um, interweaved self-hatred due to being picked on. It's crazy. It's it's crazy, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some dark shit. I, I, I wanted to like move on to um, something a little bit more happy. Something a little bit more celebratory. Um, let's talk about it. Straight from nature.com. This COVID vaccine designer is tackling vaccine hesitancy. And this is uh, as of February 11th, 2021. So this was a while ago, but I wanted to spotlight this person because niggas need to know what's going on. And niggas need to know why this shit needs to be talked about. <laughs> so, in churches and on Twitter, um, this COVID vaccine designer is tackling vaccine hesitancy. Immunologist Kismikia Corbett helped to design the Moderna vaccine. The vaccine I took. <laughs> the vaccine I took. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I and I am. Full of vaccinated motherfuckers. So, by the way, if if you're not if you're not versed on hearing this name, because Mikia Corbett, this is a black woman um, who is an immunologist, um, and actually, um, there's a few degrees of separation um, that comes with knowing her to an extent, I guess, right? So, I I don't want to get too much into that, but. Now she volunteers her time talking about vaccine science with people of color. Because Mikia Corbett, an immunologist at the U.S. National Institute of Health, NIH, is one of the scientists who in early 2020 helped to develop the, an N, N, mRNA-based vaccine for COVID-19. Developed in collaboration with biotech firm Moderna of Cambridge, Massachusetts, the vaccine is now being distributed across the United States and elsewhere. And Corbett is taking on another challenge, tempering vaccine hesitancy by talking about COVID-19 science in communities of color. Corbett is of one of many black scientists and doctors who are doing this outreach, often virtually in their free time. So basically, they're not getting paid to do this shit. They are doing it from the kindness of their hearts and because they love what they do. So researchers, researchers say it's necessary to make scientific knowledge acceptable uh, or yeah, accessible in public forums to ease health disparities. Because honestly, black folks and public health don't necessarily always have the best uh, relationship. Um, but um, in the United States, COVID-19 has affected black, Native American and Latino Americans or Latinx Americans. Um, at higher rates than white people for reasons rooted in racism and historical segregation. At the same time, people in these groups are more wary of COVID-19 vaccines. In a December survey by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 46% of black adults say they probably would not get vaccinated against the coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, compared with the 30% of white respondents. Those who were hesitant cited worries about the side effects and the speed at which the vaccines were developed. Because, you know, hey, this vaccine, y'all did this in a year. That's just, man, they make a new flu vaccine every year. They're developing a new flu, flu vaccine every year. So I'm just saying, hey, you know, and I'll say this. You know, um, there's skepticism even in 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 my you know household, even with a person that I know who is in public health, my girlfriend. So it's like, yeah, it, even there, it, it's just it's it's a lot. So um, those who were hesitant cited worries about side effects, the speed at which the vaccines were developed. A legacy of exploitative medical research, such as the infamous syphilis studies at Tuskegee, Alabama, which is the reason why Tuskegee was on repeat back in the back back in like a few months ago, right? 
in which doctors withheld treatment from hundreds of men from 1930, some odd 1930s, to the 1970s. That's a very long time. Contributes to the skepticism. Before the COVID-19 outbreak, Corbett was a part of the team at NIH in Bethesda, Maryland, and elsewhere that was designing vaccines for uh, the coronaviruses in collaboration with Moderna. Um, the scientist's mRNA technology delivers a piece of genetic code to a person's cells to create immune-stimulating virus proteins. When the outbreak began, um, the team mobilized to quickly identify the SARS-CoV-2 genetic sequence it would need to make a vaccine for COVID-19, which Moderna then produced. Before trials began in people, Corbett designed tests of vaccine in, of, of the vaccine in animals and perfected assays that measured its effectiveness in clinical trials. Nature spoke to Corbett between appointments in her packed schedule, which included beaming into virtual events at churches and community gatherings to talk about vaccine science, attending NIH group meetings, and tweeting about virus biology and vaccine misinformation as at Kizzy PhD. So they, they start the questionnaire on nature.com. I'm not going to go too far into that. This podcast is going very long anyway. Um, so I'm going to talk about one final article because, you know, um, I, I just I just like spotlighting black folk out here doing their thing. Black businesses, black folk in feels like public health. You know, that that always is just a great, a great thing and she's from north carolina by the way <laughs> she's from person county north carolina <laughs> like come on man you, you thought i wasn't gonna draw that connection in there that's the reason why i definitely did it she's from person north carolina she developed the vaccine that's in my arm right now she like literally like this is this is just amazing it's just amazing and she's telling people like hey i'm black shit i know why you're hesitant i know why this is a problem and you know but here's the thing here's the difference between the tuskegee experiments and and um you know SARS SARS-CoV-2 slash COVID-19 um COVID-19 affected everybody and the vaccine is available to everybody the syphilis Tuskegee experiments were literally white people saying hey you have bad blood you're a black person you have bad blood you should come you know Get, get, get tested and, and take this vaccine when they in, injected people with syphilis because they wanted to basically use black people as test subjects as opposed to using animals. So you use them like animals, but that's for, that's, that's, that's the reason why, you know, the song like Skeegee from Jid is such a great song to me because he starts off in a poetic way, but hey, he talks about it you know he talks about it so let's get to this final article here um because i've been i've been in y'all ear all day <laughs> this shit like this nigga's talking for like an hour this is a long ass episode so i have to end it on this wonderful wonderful story of telfar yes telfar clemens so the story of Telfar, agony, ecstasy, and COVID-19. After more than a decade of toil, American designer Telfar Clemens was finally poised for mainstream success with a bag nicknamed the Bushwick Birkin, a cultural massage right for the times. Then came coronavirus. New York, United States. We don't know what's going to happen if this is the new normal or if things are ever going back to normal designer Telfar Clemens told B B of F or B O F um, soon after learning that his friend, the popular drag queen and nightlife personality, Nashawn Wooden had died due to complications related to COVID-19 for Clemens. The heaviness of the times also hung over his label after which 15 years of toil was finally poised for a shot at mainstream success. Then came coronavirus. The unknowns are piling up for an entire generation of independent American designers, many of whom operate relatively small-scale labels and are suffering tremendously as lockdowns force store closures and consumer demands crash. But the timing couldn't have been worse for Telfar. Before the outbreak, um, things were looking bright. 
Telfar's vegan leather tote style shopping bags embossed with the artsy genderless labels TC logo and sold for less than $300 have become a status symbol for cadre or cadre of cool kids especially queer creative people of color in the hip neighborhoods of Brooklyn and downtown Manhattan who identified with the label's inclusive message it's not for you it's for everyone that's a dope ad. that's a simple slogan it just works like it, it just works like it, it just works it's very simple the product had even earned a catchy nickname the bushwick perkin uh, a term coined by makeup artist zaya Ra- rachel zaya rachel in um january told the cut the bag had the cachet of a birkin bag but for those who don't have Hermes kind of coins. I love that shit. That's that's dope. That's 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 dope as shit. For Clemens and his business partner, Babak Radboy, 15 years of hard work, patience, and dedication to their core values were finally starting to pay off. In 2019, the label generated more than two million dollars in revenue from up up from 102,000 in 2016, mostly due to sales of the bag. The success of the bags was set to provide the foundation for a year of ambitious growth, including a collaboration with Gap, which would have seen a co-brand Telfar and Gap product pop up at stores across America. But the retailer postponed the partnership indefinitely due to two weeks ago. Um, and, and, and this article is, uh, I think, as of April 2020. So this is when it was really the worst of it, the worst of it. So there were so many opportunities that were on the brink of happening that there is no reason to follow up on right now, said Radboy, who was uh, who had actually been stuck in Mexico since the widespread of the coronavirus escalated in the U.S. We have to stick together and figure out what we want or what we all want to do as a team moving forward, added Clemens. And if the environment allows us to continue, how does that work? In some ways, Telfar may <clears throat> may be better positioned to survive than other fledging labels of its generation. The brand is used to running a lean operation. With an office in a set stacked shipping containers, or in a set of stacked shipping containers, um, Next to an empty warehouse in Bushwick neighbors, uh, yeah, in the Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn, and only a handful of people on its payroll, all of whom have side gigs, Telfar had very low overhead costs. Um, the business is also much less reliant on wholesale revenue than many of its peers, selling the majority of its bags directly to consumers via its own website. What's more, Telfar has a strong community of loyal consumers and collaborators who are attached to the brand and its message. There is so much lip service about community, but this situation is really different. When you actually need help, like to help each other, said Radboy, people are needing so much more meaning from things right now. So many things seem so hollow at this moment. It's never been superficial for us. Telfar's signature bag, which has a cultural cachet, but starts at only $150, is also just the kind of accessory that could thrive in recession. Last month, despite the pandemic, the label's latest bag drop of 1,000 units sold on its e-commerce site. Um, Literally, in just 12 hours, it just sold out. In a time like this, you have to stick to your guns. This is what it's going to this is what is going to make you a timeless thing, said Telfar. Um, so Clemens, who is 30, 35 years old, Liberian-American and gay, grew up in the LaFranc, in LaFranc City, Queens, when he was a teenager, making an early reputation for himself as a DJ and designer. He was often spotted riding his bike across the city, dressed in an all-white uniform of reworked American basics. He found Telfar in 2005, so this has been around a long time, um, and built a following among his circle of friends, which included Hood by Air designer Shane Oliver. Together, they frequented bars like Home Sweet Home and underground parties like Ghetto. (laughs) No, I was about to say Ghetto. Like, I can't even say it, man. (laughs) I I can't even say it, man. I can't. It's the font crazy. 
I don't even know what to call it. Often performing DJ sets with remix hip hop and R&B beats. Uh, we belong to a specific crowd of black and brown people who didn't see ourselves yet in fashion, said Carlos Nazario, an influential Puerto Rican American stylist and ID magazine fashion director who also was raised in Queens and ran in the same circles. Um, in his work, Clemens gave unisex American classics a, subver a subversive twist, playing with colors, graphics, and silhouettes. But the New York fashion establishment, which gave birth to designers like Alexander Wayne and Prenza Scholler, encouraging a business model rooted in expensive runway shows, glossy magazine coverage, and department stores like Barney's, paid little attention. Indeed, it took Telfar nine years to land a show review from Vogue, which finally wrote about its spring 2015 collection, and seven years to secure an order from opening ceremony, its first major stockist. Damn, bro. <laughs> Damn, bro. So it's, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, during the pandemic, his business has truly been thriving and that was last year that was april you know like their 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 business volume their sales went up a thousand percent you know what i'm saying so it's like it's super crazy um you know 10 times tenfold you know sales went from a hundred thousand in like 2016 to a million million bro so it's crazy, um, but honestly, Telfar is probably doing even better now in 2021. Um, I just thought it was a great black business to spotlight, um, you know, and honestly, I'll put a link in the description to Telfar's website, um, as always, with every black business that I support, because I think um, supporting a black business like this is always healthy and it's how we grow stronger as a culture whether it be you know whether it be non-binary people that you're supporting non-binary non people or people of color that are of the lgbtqia plus community um you know that is something that honestly supporting everybody right but honestly you know support 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 <laughs> support black businesses of any kind people okay that's something that i highlight no matter what you know like as a straight person you know who highlights people from every walk of life people are like why are you highlighting dot 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 why are you interested bruh they are they black business right okay they successful right okay so stop fucking giving me that question you know asking me shit like that because this is a black business that is killing it <laughs> killing it i'm even seeing it with my girl my girl my girl got two two bags from the nigga <laughs> two bags so he's doing something right definitely um he's killing it he is killing it out here and uh shout out to Telfar man because that is a tough niche and a tough time to be booming like this and as i always say support black businesses and as always thank you and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>